Welcome back to Kentucky History and Haunts. My name is Jesse Bartholomew, and I thought it would be good to add a little mini episode to wrap up this Newport series. So I was scrolling through haunted places in Newport, and it just so happened that one of the first hits that popped up was one of the bars that I had mentioned in the mob stories. So that worked out well. And then I'm just going to talk about one other place that is apparently pretty haunted in Newport. I also want to mention, I know that the area I'm talking about is very close to Bob Mackey's, but I'm not going to talk about it today. And I think I've mentioned this before. I really don't want to cover it until I've been there in person. Sort of like Waverly. You know, some of these you really just want to um, witness firsthand before you talk about it, right? So um, that's why I'm glossing over that one today. And what I want to do is talk a little bit more about Peter Schmidt. Um, You all will remember him from the last episodes. He came up a lot. Peter Schmidt was born in 1887 in Newport, Campbell County. And he became a bootlegger. He was a driver for George Remus. And what was really smart is he was very good at saving money. He saved a lot of the money he made. So even though he was arrested with George Remus and 10 other guys, um, and he went to prison for a while, he was still in a pretty good position when he got out. He's, he had plenty of money to um, recover, basically. So when he got out of prison, he opened the Beverly Hills Club. He opened the Glen Hotel, the Glen Rendezvous, the Snacks Bar, and Glenn Schmidt's Playtorium, which catered to prostitution, illegal alcohol at the time, and gambling. And if you're wondering where the name Glenn came from, because his name's Peter, um, he named all these businesses after his son, Glenn Schmidt, who grew up to work with his father. Uh, Glenn died of cancer at age 35 in 1952. Uh, Peter Schmidt's other son, Robert, was killed in a car accident just a few months later. So the elder Schmidt outlived two sons, which is pretty sad. But we're going to take a look at one of the businesses named after Glenn Schmidt, uh, which is the Playtorium. This is a big building, and when it was run by the Schmidts, it was a restaurant, bar, bowling alley, and casino. Uh, It was sold and renovated in the mid-90s, and now it's an event space called the Newport Syndicate. There's a Newport is Haunted tour that starts at this building, and that's because employees and guests have reported, quote, odd feelings and ghostly happenings, which is understandable given its history. Although it's not stated anywhere explicitly, as far as I can tell, most people believe that the Mafia used this location specifically to rough people up and, you know, intimidate people, and that there were probably many murders in this building over the years. So I did find a website for a guy uh, from Louisville. His name is Jack Rose. He's a medium. And it says on his website that he's conducted multiple investigations into the, quote, notorious murder at the Glenn Schmidt Playtorium. I couldn't really find any more detail other than that. Um, I'm honestly not sure which notorious murder he's talking about, but um, 
that and and other uh, murders that people think probably happened there could explain uh, why people have experienced paranormal activity there. Over the years, people have reported witnessing shadow figures. Uh, they've heard voices. Doors have opened and closed on their own. And people report, quote, just plain strange feelings. So there are actually a couple different tours you can take that will stop by the Playtorium. Uh, there's also the Newport Gangster Tour. And I think I mentioned the, the Newport is Haunted Tour. Um, they both go to the Playtorium and I think they both give you more details on its history and hauntings. There's not a lot more that I could find on any websites or anything. So if you want to know more, you might have to just take a little trip up to the aquarium and visit uh, or take one of these tours while you're up there, right? So I want to move on to this beautiful old mansion. It's called the Southgate House. As far as I know, it has nothing to do with the Mafia, but uh, I wanted to talk about it. It's cool. So the Southgate House is a stunning four-story brick mansion that was built in 1814 uh, by Richard Southgate. He was a senator and a local lawyer, and he used British POWs from the War of 1812 to build it. The estate originally took up an entire city block, but over the years, they've sold off some of the land, so um, it doesn't cover quite as much ground as it once did. But Richard and his wife, Anne, entertained often at the mansion, and their guest list was pretty illustrious. It included people like Abraham Lincoln. So Mr. Southgate died in 1857, and he left the mansion to his daughter, Frances Parker. And then in 1869, Frances passed the house on to her daughter, Julia. Julia married Army Officer James Thompson, and they had a son, John Thompson, who would grow up to be known as Brigadier General Thompson. Uh, he was a West Point graduate. He was a 32-year member of the U.S. military, and you may know him as the inventor of the Thompson machine gun, a.k.a. The Tommy Gun. So after he retired from the military, Thompson went to work at Remington. He became the chief engineer for the Remington Arms Company, and then he started his own company. Um, I don't want to go into too much detail because Thompson and his gun will get their own mini episode someday. But um, I guess there is one little mafia tie-in here. Apparently, it upset Mr. Thompson a great deal that the weapon he invented became a favorite of the local gangsters. And then gangsters everywhere, right? Gangsters always used the Tommy gun, um, and he hated that. Okay, but back to the Southgate house. So, after being owned by the same family for a pretty long time, it was sold to a couple outside the family in 1888. It was sold to Fanny and Lewis Maddox. And then it changed owners again in 1914. Uh, this time it went to the Knights of Columbus of Campbell County. They added a nice brick front porch. They added a large room in the back of the house that burned and had to be rebuilt in 1948.
The ballroom was originally in the basement, so when that fire took out some of the house in 1948, they rebuilt the ballroom bigger and better, adding a two-level horseshoe balcony, which is on the basement and first floor level. So it's really cool how they use Southgate today. It's a mixed-use space. Um, They use the ballroom as a music venue for both up-and-coming and and bigger-name bands. And the first floor was originally a living room, dining room, parlor, and library. Uh, They now call the first floor June's Lounge, and there's a bar and a billiards room with a jukebox. The second floor had bedrooms and a ladies' parlor. Um, It's now used for smaller, more intimate concerts. And then the third floor was probably originally used for the staff quarters, uh, but it's an art gallery now. So they think that there are maybe three apparitions haunting Southgate. And I'm just going to read you the quotes from the website to explain each of these apparitions. The first one is Elizabeth. Quote, Legend says that sometime after 1857, after a widow's walk was added, a woman called Elizabeth, who probably worked for the Parker family or the Maddox family, did a needless, tragic thing. She used to go up to the widow's peak on the roof of this mansion to watch the riverboat that her husband worked on arrive or leave the port. One day, she saw his boat explode in flames in the harbor. Thinking that he was dead, she promptly hung herself. Unknown to her was that her husband had missed the boat that morning and wasn't killed. There's also another theory uh, that this female presence is not Elizabeth, that it's Frances Parker. Quote, This female entity goes about her business. The front door has been known to open and close by itself in the evening hours, like she's taking her evening walk. One Christmas, someone didn't approve of where the Christmas tree was set up, in between the French doors. The tree was suddenly pushed four feet across the floor to the corner of the room without an ornament out of place. It's thought that the entity of Elizabeth, or perhaps Frances, was giving her opinion. This female entity, Elizabeth or Frances, perhaps is the one who plays the piano located upstairs. We love a ghost that plays the piano, don't we? Now, the second apparition is of a little boy. Apparently, this is a six-year-old boy, and his calling card is knocking on the walls. I couldn't find any further explanation of who this would be or how they know it's a six-year-old boy, other than I saw one source that said at some point a six-year-old boy died on the property, but I, I don't know who it was. But the third, they believe is a soldier who died in the Civil War. Quote, He has appeared in a solid form, wearing his Confederate uniform, and has carried on conversations with the patrons. Two spots he likes to appear are the men's bathroom on the first floor and the landing on the second floor. I suspect that his presence likes to hang out on the first floor bar as well. This entity of the soldier perhaps likes to get some chuckles once in a while, A man's laughter is sometimes heard here. A paranormal investigator was sitting at a table in the first floor June's lounge. While talking to his girlfriend, his beer slid across the table by itself and landed in his lap. 
Entities of soldiers have long been known as practical jokers and teasers at the expense of the living. And then, aside from the aforementioned, many people, both working or visiting Southgate, have heard, quote, the mumbling of disembodied voices. The website also notes that these ghosts are generally polite, so it's not like other places I've mentioned where they're biting people or pulling their hair. Um, I don't think any of that aggressive stuff is happening at the Southgate Mansion, which is nice. Uh, Friendly ghosts are the best ghosts, in my opinion. If you want to see a list of upcoming shows at Southgate House, you can find that schedule at southgatehouse.com. If you want to know more about any of my episodes, you can go to kyhistoryhaunts.com. Also make sure you're following me on social media, Instagram at kyhistoryhaunts, and Facebook, just search Kentucky History and Haunts, it'll come right up. There's also a Facebook group called Kentucky History and Haunts and More. Uh, You can join that too. And I also want to mention, if you would like to tip me, uh, you know, just send me a coffee or something, and you don't want to be a monthly subscriber because that's a bigger commitment, you can go to the show notes of any episode, and I, I put in there a link to a website um, it's called Biosite uh, slash Jesse Bartholomew. You can go there and scroll down and just buy me a coffee or send me a tip. Um, so that would be like a one-time donation of $1 or $5 or whatever you're, you're comfortable giving. Um, but I, you know, I am a one-woman show. I like to mention that every now and again. So any little bit helps. And as always, I'm very grateful for you all listening. Also, it's that time of year where I'm probably going to be telling scary stories for the next month. So if you have a ghost story you want me to share on the show, please send me an email to kyhistoryhaunts at gmail.com. Take care and until next time.